0: Whether you're coming from a boat or a stand, welcome back to The Lodge with your hosts, Matthew
1: Dredzka. Wait, no, 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 no. That's not what I meant. No, no, (laughs) come on. No. Ah, Dang. Patrick Mudge.
2: I really don't know what to say that's funny because I'm not a very funny person <laughs> <laughs> true yeah. and Nick Condor
1: there's a difference between picking and itching <laughs>
0: Thinking about us, thinking about then, thinking about how I could have been. Don't cross your mind. So if you're doing fine, don't tell me. Don't tell me.
2: Back to the Lodge is brought to you by IC Tech USA. It's the six o'clock hour here in West Tennessee. I'm Patrick.
0: And I'm Matt. I'm Nick.
2: And I'm Scooter Brown. What's going on? We are back to the Lodge. Welcome to the show. Absolute pleasure to have you here. Glad to be here. It worked out finally. It finally did, man. I'm I'm super stoked to have you here. Uh we want to thank you for coming out. And uh, you know, you're you're also a veteran as well. So this is gonna be when we tie country music with veterans together, this is gonna be pretty killer. Uh, if you're checking us out and just tuning in here on Facebook Live, you can uh, find us here on Facebook and give us a follow. And you can follow Scooter Brown Band on Facebook. And you can also check us out at Back to the Lodge on Instagram. And Scooter, what's your uh, Instagram handle?
3: Um, it's just a Scooter Brown Band. I think it's just a band, is just a BND though. Um, but I got the little blue check mark. Apparently, there's been some dude like randomly uh, doing fake profiles and <laughs> oh, I got a, no. <laughs> I got a letter from some chick today and she's like um some guy sent me this and it says hi pretty face and I'm like who calls somebody pretty face that's gross
2: <laughs> So anyway look for the blue check mark don't get fooled people <laughs> So okay let's let's talk about this you, you were in the marines right Yeah Scooter Yeah want, I mean do you want me to call you scooter you want me to-
3: You know it's one of it's one of those things that it, it's it is what it is at this point. Um, <laughs> I, I actually hated being called Scooter for a long time. Um, in the Marine Corps, my buddies, I mean, like, we'd throw down about it. They'd call me Scooter. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to choke somebody out, you know. And uh, <laughs> when when I got out of the Marine Corps, um, I started playing guitar down around Houston, Texas. And um, my buddy, Brandon Robilia, and I, uh, he's kind of who I learned how to play guitar from. And Uh, we got our first paying gig and they were like, well, what's your band name? And he's like, well, we don't have a band name. We're just two dumb asses on stools, you know, like uh, (laughs) playing guitar, two jarheads eating crayons and playing music, you know, and... so anyway, he said, put Scooter Brown on the marquee. And so I showed up that night. And of course, I pulled up and it says live music tonight by Scooter Brown. And I was like, man. <laughs> but anyway, we ended up packing the place out with like all of his family from Texas and all the people that we met. And um, people started calling, asking for to book Scooter Brown band. And it just kind of stuck. And now just 15 years later. Wow. Here we are. So, Scott or Scooter, I'm good with either one of them.
2: Okay, so how long ago was this? Was it You got on the military when?
3: I got out at the towards the
2: end of '03. Okay, so, and you said 15 years. Yeah. This has been going on. So, you had a couple years in between, or? Yeah, so I was um,
3: kind of crazy. So, I, I actually, like, I joined the Marine Corps to be a lifer. I was planning on doing 20 years and I wanted to retire. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I learned how to play guitar in the Marine Corps, okay. and I started writing songs in the Marine Corps. And um, I was in the invasion of Iraq in 2003. Um, I was a scout with uh, Light Armored Reconnaissance. I was over in Iraq with the 15th Mew. Okay. And uh, I just decided last minute that I had my reenlistment going to uh, Bridgeport, California to be a mountain survival instructor. And I was like, man, I wonder if I could do anything with this music stuff. So um, (laughs) I decided to get out at the last minute, literally, and uh, I moved to Texas. I'm not from Texas originally. Okay. Um, I'm originally from Colorado.
2: So you went from Colorado to Texas, and I went from Ohio to Texas. I was in Lake Jackson. Okay. So you were just north of me. Yep. And then now I'm here. And you went, you've been all over. Right. And now we were also looking to. You were learning this, and you ended up moving around, but what made you pick up that guitar?
3: I've always loved music. I mean, just I've always felt a passion for music and songwriting. Um, And I actually started writing. I actually don't tell a whole lot of people this, but I started writing, like, Western and cowboy poetry when I was in high school. (laughs) And I was doing it for myself. I was a big Baxter Black fan. Um, I loved his his western poetry and i was on the high school rodeo team for three years so i rode awesome. bulls and bareback horses and uh <laughs> and so that's where the whole the, that kind of came from and then all of a sudden i wrote a song and my buddies and i were up fly fishing on the platte canyon um on the platte river in um uh, one of the canyons in eastern colorado and uh uh they were like whose song is that i've never heard that before and i was like oh i wrote it and they're like you wrote that and it was it was I. I didn't play music. I didn't know where it was coming from, sure, sure. so it was just always there, and I finally found it, I guess.
2: Did you catch that?
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but actually, so where at in Ohio where are you from?
2: So I'm originally from an area just outside of Cleveland, west of Cleveland, small farm town nobody's probably heard of. Okay.
3: So so a lot of my family's from the Akron-Canton area. No kidding.
2: Okay. Yeah. I I uh, So right when I got in the Navy, um, I was a defense contractor. Mm-hmm. And then... F- <laughs> The well ran dry in 2011 yeah. after, you know, pretty much everything was done. And I migrated north because my wife wife at the time, you know, first wife in the military, she got a job up in Ohio. Um, I won't say where, obviously, but she got a career up there, and I'm doing odds and ends to th- make things meet. I was missing a little bit of that adrenaline, and I got a job doing repossessions. Oh, cool. And the first, and first time and last day working there— Uh, was when we got shot at in Akron, trying to repossess a uh, GMC Denali out of there. And uh, that was my most fond memory (laughs) of Akron, Ohio. That doesn't surprise me. (laughs) I'm like, I don't get paid enough for this. So we don't get hazard pay. We don't get, no. No, it just wasn't worth it. No.
3: You know, it's funny because talking about not being worth it, like like doing the contracting stuff, I looked into doing stuff uh, when I got out as well. And it really, for me, you know, obviously, I was kind of already set on on music, but the the paycheck was enticing, you know. And it was really, you know, going over to, out to Africa or South America mm. and doing some of that work. And um, but what I finally came up with was like, you know, what I I'll die for my for my flag, but dying for a paycheck just doesn't
2: not for paycheck or something else's paycheck. failure to pay exactly. On their note.
3: It's just not worth it. You've got
2: some friends from Colorado saying hi. Uh, there's Stephanie Garbo. Hey from Colorado. Hey. We know that guy. She said Yeah,
3: so uh, her husband Walt, um I think that we used to do some rodeo back together in, in, back in high school days.
2: I used to know how to bring these comments up on screen. <laughs> <laughs> and now I don't remember. <laughs> I'm still working on it. Oh well, we'll figure it out. It it worked last week. New software. I told you this is still a new show. It's yeah. still growing. Um but yeah, we we've we've been following you now for a little while. And we met you through uh America Bourbon. Mm-hmm. And you're part of America Bourbon. We want to give them a little shout out oh, switch yeah. over. We got our Gator with the Icy Tech mug um with some America Bourbon. We'd probably be drinking it, uh, but you've got a quite a drive home. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I already I didn't want to ask or push that cusp. But um we want to definitely thank America Bourbon for the introduction. Uh specifically Derek, former yeah. recon marine. Uh, yep. Um I I've met Derek couple times uh, but the most recent time him and I hung out was at the uh the Leatherneck Bar in Vegas. Uh and it was after Shot Show and the uh the recon guys were there and he goes, Oh dude, it'll be a great time. It it's all professional and
1: No. <laughs> Stirring the martinis we were, with crayons we, and stuff. We were
2: <laughs> we were pretty tore up and at one point somebody mentioned, Oh Rudy's gonna be here. I'm like, I'm out <laughs> like, oh, yeah. last time I was with Rudy He was. I don't even. We we were at some convention speaking, and he started running down the corridor at the hotel. I'm like, "Why are you running?" Because I do. (laughs) Like,
3: yeah. (laughs) Slow down. I want whatever he's got. (laughs) That's what I I want. Hey, buddy, (laughs) I need some of that energy. (laughs) I don't know if I want his energy. (laughs) But you know,
2: thank you to Derek, um, He's actually doing another podcast uh, that was on at five o'clock. So I'm sure he's tuned in watching. But I wanted to give him a shout out as well. So. You know, we brought you on. We talk about country music and the values of the outdoors. You're quite an avid outdoorsman yourself.
3: Yes, what I can be.
2: What uh, got you into – kind of the same question before. What got you into the outdoors? Was there a family member or somebody that took you out?
3: You know what's crazy is I really didn't grow up being taken into the outdoors. It's one of those things that I just – I found myself um, through through friends. Um Growing up in Colorado, uh, being in the mountains, it was just kind of one of those things where we just spent so much time uh, in the mountains and in the woods, and it just gave me such good perspective on life in general. Um, I was I always kind of it to uh, Colorado. Always put perspective to me because it reminded you how small you are sure. in the universe. Like when you're when you're staring at these huge mountains oh, and yeah. canyons and stuff around you and um, uh, so I, I just, I've always felt connected to the outdoors and to nature and, um, and it, hunting and fishing. Um, unfortunately with, with the music, you know, you don't get to do it as much as you like to. Sure. Uh, I'm usually, you know, prime time spring and fall. I'm usually like festival season.
2: Oh, absolutely.
3: So, um, uh, I mean just you really i mean i've gotten to do a couple of hunts in the last couple of years um but mainly a lot of the stuff that i do is with my organization um with base camp 40 wars in the wild warriors in the wild which is a 501c3 that i started about 10 years ago um and i don't really get to do a whole lot of hunting through them because i'm a, on the board and everything so i don't really sure, take sure. Any of the hunts um but um I just like to go and guide. Um, you know, we have a big elk hunt every fall, um, and I was just out on a uh, guiding that for uh, about five days or so. And oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I just like being outside, and, and I'm, I'm more of a meat hunter um, at the end of the day. So, you know, if I can put something in the freezer, then that's awesome.
2: Well, and that's why, you know, we fought, We knew a little bit more about you than you probably knew about us coming into it. <laughs> and uh, we all hunt together, actually. And that was one of the things we talked about before the show. And we have freezers out there. Not the coolers. We have coolers, too, but the freezers. And we all just put our meat in there. and It's kind of community meat. That's awesome. So that's how we all share amongst each other. I think right now, how many do we have in there, Will? About nine? Yeah. Seven or seven nine? Or no, seven or
1: nine. Seven? with three more coming. Okay. Five.
2: So there we got 11 deer amongst well, the three of us. That's that, awesome. And w- that's what we do. We just put it in there. We share. A couple friends have it. They have access to it, I should say. Uh, but Will has some property that we hunt at. And we, like, as all veterans, we just like, hey, if you need food, it's in the freezer. And we just grab it. People make stuff, sometimes bring it in. And that's awesome. So that, but with you, to, you know, to set up foundations like that, obviously we work with foundations. And we would love to support your foundation uh, any way we can. Yeah, for So sure. uh So they have, you know, we, the meat's the most important part because... Uh, you know, if, if you, the meat spoils or something goes wrong, you know, then that's kind of the whole waste of a trip. So yeah. we want to make sure that the, we can help you guys. Yeah, with that'd that. be that'd be amazing. So um, we'll definitely get you guys hooked up with some coolers cool. up there, ship them up to you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, yeah, break break we down
1: we, more of it. So you guys, you're yeah. taking people hunting and yeah. So fishing?
3: so basically, um, uh, when we had started it, it was. Kind of in the midst when, and well, I'm not, I'm not. I won't say any names because I don't want to um, come across that way. But there was an organization that a lot of people were not fond of for a while, and um, I really felt like everything was kind of. Uh, I wanted it to be for the combat veteran, not just the combat wounded or or. Uh, you know the p t s d or right. whatever like it was kind of starting as like let's just say thank you sure. like it's just a way to say thank you because no matter i mean for everybody that's been on a combat deployment or in in a in a gunfight, I mean like whether you get shot or blown up i mean obviously you're coming back with a little little lesson here and a little lesson here in some form or fashion, and so that was kind of my whole idea behind it was I wanted this to be for everybody that served in, uh, in theater and combat. Um, so that's how it started. And then it gradually grew into, um, gold star families, um, uh, taking gold star families on, you know, fishing trips and, and small stuff. But basically what we do is it's all about the outdoors. It's all about the hunt. It's about the respect for the land, um, the respect for the animal, the respect for the hunt in general. Um, but we take, we pay for everything if if they're flying in, uh, flights, uh, tags. If they don't have a hunting license, we put them through hunter safety. Oh, that's awesome. Um, we work really good with the local um, uh, departments of wildlife, wherever we're at. Um, and then, you know, we, we lodge them, we feed them. And then if they happen to um, harvest an animal, then we get it processed. We have the meat shipped back to their house, um, like I said, all – to them, it costs nothing. Um, a lot of times, depending on what the sponsorship looks like, I mean, we'll even get them. Um, you know, if they don't have a hunting rifle or a bow, we'll get them their own rifle that they can take back home with them and and stuff like that. So it's it's a really cool organization and, and the volunteers that volunteer to help. Um, and this is all based out of Western Colorado, okay. But we kind of do everything everywhere. Um, the volunteers are amazing. Some of the best people I've ever met and really how this thing thrives is based off of private landowners um basically somebody's got some land and they say hey man i'll take two guys uh in the fall whatever you know and so we'll pay for the tags and everything and for them to get out there and so it's usually somebody's property that's providing these hunts because one we all know that private land's way better to hunt on than public land. oh yeah <laughs> um, you know, and, and in that way, too, we can kind of be ourselves, like, we don't let a whole lot of um media involved in our stuff, like, as far as uh, like being on the mountains with or in the woods with us, sure. um, uh, you know, and and it's just really, I mean, for me, it just feels like I'm still serving in sure. some form or fashion or giving back.
2: What's the website for that Base Camp 40?
3: It's bc40hunts.org.
1: bc40hunts. I'm going to put that up on the screen so people can give that a check. Sweet. And that's the same reason I got into the nonprofit work that I do is it was my chance to give back. Mm-hmm. It, it's the selfish side of it is it's a weekend that when I run my event, it's a weekend that I get to hang out with like-minded people right. because there's not a lot of us. <laughs> yeah. And, it is so much fun so you know a little bit about socks and it's night all night. active duty soft guys and that weekend where there is no media we do not allow media it's a way for them to get away for the entire weekend disconnect completely mm-hmm. from everything and it's the reward that it, that i see them get out of it is what keeps pushing me forward to do it more and more and more and more and more yeah. and it's just it's a blast man it's a it's a blast well yeah and especially
3: when you get some of those like high profile profile military guys, you know, like, especially, you know, the special operations um, dudes. I mean, they're obviously um, – and, and rightfully so. I mean, people look up to those guys. And um, and then – but they – a lot of times they go somewhere and they somebody finds out that they're a team guy or, a, you know, a group guy or whatever. All of a sudden, like, you know, you got people just kind of hounding them the yeah. whole time, you know. <laughs> and it's just like um, – in fact, I got a buddy of mine that was a, a, a piece of watching right now. I won't say his name, but uh, 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 he's a fifth group guy. And every time he comes to one of my shows and I get somebody talking to me about military stuff, about being in the Marines, I'm like, hey, that guy over there was a Green Beret. And, like, <laughs> and everybody goes running towards him. I'm like, <laughs> That's uh, funny.
2: The foundation, the country music, it, it, it served you well, obviously. Um, and we've, we've been following you along the way. Um, there's there's some notable people that you've worked with recently, um, and one of which is the great late Charlie Daniels. Anything you'd like to oh, man. comment about that experience?
3: Uh, first of all, I mean, how the hell did I even get to that point?
2: Um, That's how we all got you know somewhere, and you look back and you're like, how did I do that? <laughs>
3: yeah, you know. Um, <sighs> First of all, going back to high school, there was two people that I listened to more than anybody and it was Chris Ledoux and Charlie Daniels. And to get to work with him on a level that I did um was just always a it was a pinch me moment. Um mm-hmm. he was one of the kindest genuine um Realest people I've ever met. Um, there's no better mentor in the music business than Charlie Daniels. He's a he's a guy who doesn't care if you if you're sweeping the floor, or writing a check, you get the exact same from him no matter what. Um, but I I was down in Texas on the Texas circuit playing music, and I literally was like just I was just kind of done with music. I, I I felt bored. I was kind of doing the same thing over and over again, and I I wanted to get back to the mountains or do something different, and I just felt like I was like just not in a great spot, and um, I I went up to go do, I got asked, and at this time, this is probably like six or seven years ago, and I mean, the music business, trying to break the music business, there ain't a whole lot of money in in the (laughs) beginning, man, and my wife and I, I mean, we were just, I mean, we were broke, we got four kids, and um, uh, I set my wits in, and, and, and I told somebody that I would come up and do a benefit in Denver, um, as part of the Navy seal foundation. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was for, uh, Danny Dietz and, um, my wife got so mad at me. She's like, how are you going to go up there for free and do a show? Like we can't afford for you to do that. She's like, you need to cancel. And I was like, listen, I, I gave them my word. I was going to be there. I was like, mm-hmm. I can't cancel. I'm sorry. You're going to have to be mad at me. And I go up there and I meet, um, who's now one of my best friends, David Rutherford. Um, he was a, a, a Navy SEAL, and he was emceeing the event. And he was like, dude, I love your story. I love your 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 music and how you uh, bring it to the table. He's like, you guys, you, you have a way to, like, connect with the audience. And I just I fell in love with it. And I know this guy in Nashville who manages Charlie Daniels. And I'd love to hook you up with them. And, of course, you're going, like, in the music business, like, okay, buddy. <laughs> we'll see if that happens, you know. Like, And we stayed in touch, and then within about three or four months, um, I get an email from a guy named David Corlew, and he was inviting. He, he said that Charlie had listened to my music and wanted me to invite me to come down to play uh, his volunteer jam for his 80th birthday party in nashville at bridgestone arena hmm. wow and i was like
0: oh my gosh like
3: <laughs> of course is another thing that doesn't pay nothing but i don't i'm like i don't doesn't care matter, you know man. like i'm going out there so <laughs> we go out there and then to nashville in in magic happened every time i would go out there magic happened and then david started managing me and uh you know things just started falling in place and i Charlie let me go out on tour with them, and I probably did about sixty or seventy shows with them over hmm. the course of four years. And
2: yeah, um, man, it's just amazing. That's how it works. And we've been trying to tell <clears throat> Nick <laughs> what. <laughs> so Nick, like I told you, we, we we actually for the audience that doesn't know, we were we were talking outside the studio before we started. And uh, this kid, and, and this is where you could give some solid man advice. Because we've been we've been toughing Nick up. Nick's the next Nick one is not a veteran, but you'd swear he was after a while. And um, we've been we've been giving him some guidance. So I've I've worked with other country artists as well, um, with other stuff, with business. And we, when did we meet Nick Matt? Was it back in July, August? Wasn't it? It was no July. No, it was before that. It was it, July. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Nick's like, oh yeah, you know I dabble. I I went to school. He he graduated from Bethel. And he he's like. He played a couple of his songs. We're like, holy shit. And I don't know if you have it on there, but he wrote this song called Badass Country Song. And the title sounded so cliche. Right. And then we listened to it, and I'm like, how in the hell are you not playing some, like arenas somewhere? Um, He's also notoriously known that he's also Luke Bryan. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen the Luke Bryan episode?
1: <clears throat> uh-uh. I, I, I'm assuming we're all waiting for it. <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> How y'all doing? <laughs> That's all you're going to give us?
0: <sighs> you're listening to Back to the Lodge on our Facebook page, and... uh yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but for but for somebody I mean that was the joke obviously.
2: That's pretty good. But for his music, well I'll have to have you listen to it later. What advice could you give Nick because honestly like when we listen to him, Matt and I um, and we've listened we jammed your songs all the time, especially the one with the, the pledge of allegiance in it with Charlie. We mm-hmm. we were literally jamming that last night out um, back cuz there was like oh, a couple people that still don't know you yet. They're like, "Oh, who's Scooter Brown?" And you've got a bunch of songs out there. That's our go-to. Um, and we were playing that on our show when we first started. Oh, sweet. So I don't yeah. know if you know that. That, that know goes that. back to our first episode. We're actually in season two now. Awesome, man. So that's how long we've actually been following your music. Sweet, man. <laughs> but <laughs> what advice could you give Nick? Because he's got some solid stuff out there. Um, and and he, he thought about working with like, you know, BMI and stuff like that, but he just doesn't have the time because he's, you know, just like all of us, he struggled and he's, you know, struggling to get through and, and break through. But. What advice can we give young Nick? Well, we don't, we also don't want to lose him as a sound engineer either. Let's make that clear. <laughs> uh,
3: first of all, like I tell anybody, if you're not willing to get something repoed over it, then it ain't, Then you're not trying hard enough. I like that.
2: Sound familiar? I like that. Yeah. Hmm? You know what I'm saying? Like, so does that sound familiar? Yeah. <laughs> I told him I said I was I was broken, homeless when mm-hmm. I started this comp- when I bought the company. Really? And I said, look, you got to be willing to give up everything, work twenty four seven. And jump into it, and he's like, okay. But he's kind of already doing that now. He just needs some direction, and that's where... Well,
3: I think with... Sorry, Nick. I think with, with artists, like, with anything, but especially in the music business, um, um it's consistency. It's, it's just... It's showing up. It's being there in front of people nonstop. Like, I can't... Personally, I can't stand social media. Like... If I wasn't in this business, I wouldn't have any social media. Mm -hmm. But I also appreciate social media because if without it, I don't know what I'd be doing right now because, I mean, like, this is amazing. We can talk to people all over the world right now in real time and, like, and you can get in front of them. So, like, um, you know, you got to be active on on all of those things. First of all, like, I always say like this, man, like, give – Give people a reason to follow you for you, being you, and then they're going to fall in love with your music on top of it. So, like, whether it's a um, uh, an idea or or something that you stand for or whatever the case may be. Um, I mean, because, like, first of all, for us to expect that people are going to just, everybody's going to like our music is stupid, right? Like, I mean, I don't... Right, yeah. I know I'm, I'm musically, like... Completely all over the place. You'll get freaking some <laughs> hardcore country music, and then I'll come out with some southern rock. I'm and that's but one of my downfalls. You know what's real, then? Yeah, because uh, you're,
2: you're not stuck in that genre. You're you're being you, right? So. And
3: I, and I think that is one of the things that's so important. Is like. I think so many people like listen to something on the radio, and they're like, "Oh man, that's the sound that's happening right now." Well, you got to think those songs have been written probably two or three years ago. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's just be original, be yourself, and show up. Do what you say you're gonna do. Um, the whole cliche thing of freaking ten or ten thousand, live that for real. Um, Charlie always used to say, "Don't pay attention to the empty seats. Play for the people that are there." You know, like. Yeah. And, and as far as, like, getting out, like, I mean, I had a record deal. It was great. It did a lot of good things for me. But I personally prefer to be independent because I want to be in control of it. I want sure. to be in control of the money. Yeah. And in today's world with this thing, yeah. why can't you just do it all yourself? Right. You know? So, I mean, it's nothing you probably don't already know. And I'm still working at it. It's not like I figured it out either completely, <laughs> you know? but um, But, yeah, it's just, I mean... If you love it, freaking go for it. If you don't love it, don't do it, you know? Like, if you don't love it and you're not willing to freaking lose every dollar or possibly lose your family or whatever, like, then it's not for
2: you. We know we're going to put Nick on the spot one of these episodes. You know it's coming. One and do days. what? Oh, you're going to be playing one of these days. Oh, that's fine. Okay. There's, there's
1: enough guitars here. How many guitars are here right now? Mine's here. Yours is here. Yeah. Nick's Mine's in my here. car. Yeah. My, I, took, well, I take mine everywhere I, I go. Truck. <laughs> I was supposed to grab it when I was home and I forgot all about it.
2: Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, look, it just, it just happens. And, you know, you've, you've been on the road with the Gaithers. So here's a little story about Nick. Nick toured with the Gaithers for, what, three years? Four years? Two, I think. Okay, well, even shorter. So, anyways, he comes back. <laughs> uh, this is the part he doesn't like talking about, so he can beat the hell out of me later. Uh, Nick was actually in a bad car accident. And you were uh, intubated and mm-hmm. put in a coma. And when he came out, he kind of had to learn how to walk and do everything again. Oh, wow. And this was, what, year and a half, two years ago? Two years. So he's wow. he's just now getting back into it. And uh, when Pat and I met him, it was like, oh, okay, you're a sound guy. Cool. Cool. And then one day he picked up the guitar and we're like, holy shit. Well,
1: not only that. We heard him <laughs> sing karaoke. Yeah, you're that like, was my Holy smokes. smokes, this kid's got a voice. <laughs> what was that? And song then, then we found out that he writes his own music. And yeah, but yeah. firecracker. That's what you saying. What firecracker. That what, what dude sing.
2: Yeah. So we're we're gonna have to. We're, we're motivating him. This is this was a motivational minute. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Your COVID motivational minute, <laughs> brought you. to you by Scooter Brown. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, it was awful though. But we also noticed too. You've you've done some work with Randy Travis as well.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Randy, uh, I actually met Randy. Crazy story. Before he got, um, before he had a stroke, um, Randy and I actually met at Chris Kyle's funeral, and uh, Chris was a friend of mine. And I, his Taya asked me to sing at his funeral, and of course I said yes. And um, um, Randy was singing there as well. And actually, you want to like hear some really crazy stuff. So this is this is weird. And and I don't know. Whenever I tell this story, it feels like. I'd never plan on telling it. And then it just (laughs) pops up. But um, um, obviously when Chris died, like it just took me, I haven't, I haven't been caught off like that in 10 years, like when Chris died. And so the night before the funeral, I was by myself and I freaking demolished a bottle of Jaeger and a, and a bottle of crown just sitting there. And the next day, I got up I was so sick I was throwing up I mean I was dying and um my I completely lost my voice I mean it was like squeaking and I'm supposed to play this song and uh Valor which was based off of a conversation that Chris and I had that uh Chris helped me write the first few lines of it and um i had finished it it wasn't done yet I'd finished it for the for the service and anyway I'm I'm so mad at myself because I just feel like I just let everybody down. Um, doing my part of this thing because I was doing sound check. My anxiety was just crazy. I couldn't hardly get words out and like I was squeaking and Taya was like, Scott, I don't care how long it takes. If it takes you thirty minutes to play this song, I don't care. Just do it. I said, All right, all right. So I'm I'm walking around behind the stage at fifty yard line at Cowboy Stadium. And my heart's beating out of my chest. And I am i literally just looked up at, at, and I said, I could sure use some help right now. And at that point, it was my turn to walk onto the stage. I walk around and I walk up the steps. And as soon as I plugged my guitar in, all of a sudden, everything just went calm. My heart just stopped, like, like hmm. just went down. And I just like, and I started talking and my voice was completely back. Hmm. And I'm like kind of a little caught off guard and then I sing the song don't miss anything I get done and as soon as I'm as soon as I get done I unplug my guitar my heart is racing as I walk off the stage and the first person I saw was Randy Travis and I never met Randy Travis before (laughs) (laughs) so first of all that was a god moment for me um because there's no way that that could have ever happened because when I went to go talk to Randy Travis my voice was gone again
2: wow huh. yeah it was wow. crazy
3: like it was squeaking i could hardly get anything out to, to speak to him to introduce myself Ooh. and uh so anyway all that happens and then i'm back there with randy my wife is is finally comes back there and um mary his wife is back there and they just started kind of talking back and forth and they invited us to dinner in a couple weeks so we went and had dinner with them and then um then they drove, like, five hours to come see one of my shows, and then Randy got up on stage and sang with me for, like, the last 20 minutes wow, of the night, singing cool. all his songs. And uh, it was just amazing. And then it wasn't three months after that that he, he got sick, and then we would go visit him in the hospital, and we've just always stayed in touch. And, um, you know, still to this day when they come to Nashville, that's usually we hang out with the, them. I mean, we last year was his 60th birthday, and I cooked him ribeyes at my house. Nice. You know, like – the most beautiful people in the world. He's and,
2: probably my top in in the top three for the, me. And oh man! When his, he had his stroke, I was heartbroken. I'm like,
3: man. His his voice is by far, in my opinion, like one. I, Randy Travis is the reason is saved country music mm-hmm. back in the '80s. I mean, like 100. percent. If it wasn't for Randy Travis, who knows where. Well, I don't want to talk about where it is now. But but we got a lot of good stuff in the 90s out of it. I can tell you that much. (laughs) But
2: speaking of the originals, Waylon played quite the influence in one of your songs recently.
3: Man, I'm such a huge Waylon Jennings fan. I always have been. Um, I wrote wrote this song... uh, the buddy of mine rick huckabee and it was based off a conversation of my song plugger for the uh uh, my publishing company that i was with at the time they were wanting more pop stuff for radio and i'm like i don't want to that's not really my gig you know and so i told him i said well i want to hear something waylon jennings would sing on the radio today and they were like, well, I can't pitch that. And I said, okay, well, I'll do it my damn self then. Nice. So the next day, I had a writing appointment with, with my buddy Rick, and we. I told him about it. He's like, well, let's write that song. I was like, let's do it. And he goes, what should the hook be? And I said, something Waylon would sing. And so we just started strumming, and, and it just came out. And I, lo- like, I love the way it came out. And then it's it's being played on uh, Sirius XM, The Outlaw, right now. Um, it's killing it on Spotify. Kill- Apple Music is killing it. Um, yeah, and then and then we covered a Waylon Jennings song, it's like a two two part single, so something Waylon would sing. And then we did, um, we take a deep breath for this one. Don't y'all think this outlaw bit has done got out of hand? That's actually the name of the song.
1: Wow, <laughs> but
3: my favorite Waylon Jennings song. Um, I've always wanted to do that. I don't do a lot of covers, I never have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been experimenting with, with them on this last little session that we did, so.
2: Is that the one you want to show everyone today, or you got another one you want to talk about?
3: Um, I mean, that one's, uh, uh, yeah, I can do that one. It's not the greatest acoustic. Which one do you want to, (coughs) like, if
2: people want to remember your music today, which one would you want (coughs) to do? In In an acoustic, obviously. Um... Dude, I don't have that song yet. I haven't
3: wrote I haven't wrote it yet. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have it yet. It's actually it actually
2: going with your flow sounds like a good song title. The song I haven't wrote yet. Yeah, that's true. I like that.
3: Um, I mean, I can do that one. I can do a. Uh, um, there's actually the next one that's gonna come out. We're kind of staying on the on the hardcore kind of country theme. Like it. Um, I actually wrote with Tim Montana. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, called yeah. Country at All. We were sitting in his. <laughs> garage and listen the radio came on and I was like, What station is this? Is this country station? He was like, Yeah, I was I said, Man, if this ain't if this is country, then I don't know what I am, but I guess I ain't country. And Tim was like, Grab your guitar, we're writing that. <laughs> and so we just started
2: writing that song. Um but yeah I could play that one. Okay. We can do, we can do that. It. So Nick actually the best way to probably do this, Nick, if you want to kill these two yep. mics and then bring their volume up, Nick's It's great to have a sound engineering
1: studio. Uh,
3: Yeah. Well, and this is gonna be, I think, the next. I think this is gonna be the next single that we end up putting out. So, um, but yeah, something Waylon was saying is out now. You should definitely go check it. or the cold air kind of changed me up here a little bit.
0: I live my life like a campfire song Born on the mountain Back where I belong I followed my heart And brought my old guitar Chasing down dreams In these honky-tonk bars Who in the hell put this music On my radio Where'd all the outlaws and old boys go, this is what country sounds like to you all, well, I guess I ain't country at all, well, I found city where my heroes once roamed. Guess all the cowboys eased on back home. Was proud to be baptized on three chords and the truth, but all I hear lately is one chord and a loop. Now who in the hell put this music on my radio? Where'd all the outlaws and old boys go This is what country sounds like to you all Well I guess I ain't country at all but Who in the hell put this music on my radio Where'd all the outlaws and good old boys go This is what country Sounds like to you all Well, I guess I ain't country at all I guess I ain't country at all So I actually uh,
3: debuted this song on my debut on the Grand Ole Opry And I was a little scared to do this song on the Grand Ole Opry because basically I'm talking trash about country music on a country music (laughs) radio show. But they gave me the go-ahead to do it, but they said I wouldn't play that last verse if I was you. But I'll play it for you. all (laughs) Still looking for boots here that have ever
0: seen dirt.
3: And them skinny jeans you're wearing, bro, you might as well just go ahead and put on a skirt.
2: (laughs) Oh, man, I love it. Love it. Oh, Lord have mercy. (laughs) Dude, that was badass. That was was seriously badass. Oh, my goodness
3: yeah that's that's a fun that's fun I needed that
2: like country music needs more of that too because it's getting I don't want to say it because we have some friends that do different kinds of music there's nothing wrong with that right but it's just not me and that's not like every every one of us are like hey we got a you know another country singer coming in oh like what kind of country like that's a (laughs) question oh yeah yeah, I mean you've had to ask it now for probably close to 10 years but now more than ever it's like yeah I don't listen to country anymore you know it's 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 almost there's two different genres of country. Well, no, there's one genre of country, but it's being called. Anyways, we'll get off that topic because I'll get on a whole <laughs> freaking tangent. That's I mean, for sure.
3: here's the thing: like at the end of the day, like I don't I don't I don't bust anybody for what they love to do. Like if if that's the music they love to play, that's fine. Like I don't have to to like it, um, but I totally respect them. For what they do and, and and their success and 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 how they're doing it, um, and I'm not saying that some of that stuff that is not country, but there is such a big facet of country right. music that like right. I would just like to hear some stuff that represents more traditional here and there. Right. Like, can you just throw it in the mix and well, like in country derived
2: sure. in Tennessee, And in yeah. and, and there was a documentary and I can't, God I wish if any of y'all know it it's cut the, me is off. it the Ken Burns one.
1: Is it called is that like that is music it, or something? Ken uh, Burns makes the best documentaries. I don't know who
2: made it. It was I was on actually you I was on a flight phenomenal. to Thailand, and this documentary came on, and it was like one of the movies you can pick from, and they did this documentary on the history of music, and, mm. I, and I've, I actually took a mu- little lesson. I
1: took music history. Was it in just country or was it a whole, no, all the, I all the, I the genres? I do think I've but seen. But it talked this.
2: about how country music arrived in Nashville, and it actually came from slavery. And it was the slave songs that were mixed in with banjos that created the new beat. It was called country music. And country music was from country living in West Tennessee, yeah. not too far from here. And it, and it came from a mix of African American culture through slavery into what it is known today as country music. So, just like you just said, and you hit the nail on the head, people do all different kinds of music. But let's not call it country music because country music literally has a specific type of rhythm and a feel to it, and that that's shifted. You know, there you almost need to come up with a new name for it.
3: Yeah, and I think that's why like there's the the whole sub thing of like you know uh, pop country or right. you know yes. this country or that country or now you got Americana and you got like all these things and, um, you know, like I I really I'm one of those people that. I don't forget who said it, but it was somebody way cooler than me. But he's, he said, "There's only two types of music: good and bad." I like <laughs> it's good music or it's bad music. Like that's about it. Yeah. Um, but I just I like a little bit of everything, man. If you if you were to listen to my Spotify playlist right now, I mean, you'd get everything from Waylon Jennings, Charlie Daniels, uh, Marshall Tucker Band, Leonard Skinnerd, to uh, uh, the Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, Eminem, Yellow Wolf. Um, I mean, like, I'm all over the board. I love all kinds of music. I, I love the old stuff. Uh, Sam Cooke, B.B. King, um, like, all that good music from from back in the day. Um, I'm just, I love everything. I mean, I, I listen to Mongolian throat music, for God's sake. Like, my kids are like, I'll be riding around my ranger on the property, and it's like, Whoa. <laughs> my kids are like, what are you doing, Dad?
1: What is that? I like stories. I like music with stories. Yeah, yeah. So, like my seven-year-old daughter, if you ask her who her favorite musician is, it's Jim Croce. Hmm. How many seven-year-olds even know who that is? Yeah, but to me, that is a storytelling dude. Yeah, that's cool. But I, I, there are so many facets to music, but good or bad is the best way to divide them. Yeah. It just is. And it's,
3: it's based It's it's individually based I mean it's What you think is good or bad Like it's not what right. I think I'm not going to tell somebody else What they should like Or what they shouldn't like You know what I mean no. Like I'm just I write songs Honestly um, I don't write songs That try to appeal to anybody I write them because I enjoy it And I put them out Hoping that mm-hmm. other people like them And if they don't Then The day that they stop listening And coming out to my shows Then I'll hang it up If they don't like it anymore I don't think you're going to have that problem yeah. I hope not. I don't think you know I that I got, so. People I got four kids, man. <laughs> people can find your music
2: on what platforms? All the major ones, obviously Spotify. Um, is there? Do you have a website? People can go out and see your new EPs and stuff like that.
3: Yeah, um, the website is Um uh, Obviously, all the socials. I'm on uh, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter. Um, um, yeah, know I got I got a TikTok. Um, <laughs> We don't
2: have your TikTok link in here. We have your Spotify link. We have your YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and your website. Those are already up. Hell yeah. We've been neglecting some people, but we're on top of that. Um, But uh, you had a lot of fans trying to catch up. Um, Alan Brigham, Brenda Shields, Charlotte Brown. Um, Also, too, I saw Derek popped in. Yeah, actually, I need to mention that because uh, uh, that's (laughs) the one
3: thing that I didn't mention was with the America Bourbon side. Mm -hmm. Is that I did a signature label with Merica Bourbon, the Scooter Brown Band label, um, which is available. Uh, if you go to any of my social media pages or the website, um, there's a link tree that comes down and it says Scooter's Whiskey under it. You can click on that and buy the bottle. But I linked up with Derek and Merica Bourbon, um, and basically we just did a, it's like, my silhouette instead of where the star is, and then a signature, and it says Scooter Brown Band on it. It's just something really cool that, that we could do for um, for the SBB fans, um, and which, for those of you that have bought um, a bottle, first of all, thank you. And I know it's been a little bit of a slow process getting it, but it's on the way, I promise. Um, we just talked about it today, actually. So, um, America Bourbon, go like their page. Um, veteran-owned, American-made amazing uh, company and then be on the lookout because derek and i have got some other stuff up our sleeve with with some whiskey that ha- that's gonna have to do a lot yeah. with uh nashville
2: oh. all right okay all right
3: it's gonna be fun
2: any any sneak peeks yeah you one?
3: know what uh, we started a you company kinda, called nashville know. whiskey <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: we,
3: we we started uh, nashville whiskey and nashville hot whiskey um we we own the names, the trademarks, everything, and we've got the the bottles. We got the the mash. It's all going to be Tennessee produced. Um, uh, is,
2: there, is it available in Nashville already? Or
3: no, we haven't released it yet. It's it's. And we're hoping to be able to drop it right after the first of the year. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm really excited about that. It's a uh, uh, little side passion project.
2: I was hoping it was available. I'm heading to Nashville on Saturday. So I'm like, I can hit the store. We don't have a lot of stores out here. I yeah. feel you know So we are definitely backwoods out here. I, I'm sure you figured that out quick. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. So that's... <laughs> well, We're getting ready to wrap up for this week in Episode 2 of Back to the Lodge. Episode 2. What the hell am I talking about? I season, know, two. season 2. It's it, been a long yeah. week. Uh, but we always end every episode with this question. And uh, you're in the hot seat, buddy. If you could go back. And find the younger version of yourself, or somebody that's sitting at home tonight, that's you know battling the mental health and and you know not feeling great about themselves with everything going on. What advice would you give them in that dark time,
3: um, man? that i mean you first of all you're better in this world in it um i can say this 20s 20s year old me um i i'm i'm going to be 40 in february and honestly i can't i wouldn't be able i couldn't wait to be where i'm at right now like it it just it gets better um uh, i mean i've I have a, it's crazy, I have this answer in a song that I wrote already. And especially going out to uh, to veterans, talking about that side of things. Um, it's called If I Make It Out Alive. And it's basically a a song that I I wrote off of a promise I made to God when I was in Iraq. That if I made it out alive, I was going to just be the best man I possibly could be. And I have tried to live up to that for four the people who don't get to anymore so instead of feeling bad about things that happen instead of feeling bad for myself because i'm living here i'm living my life for the people who don't get to live it so i'm going to live it to the best of my ability i'm going to be the best father i can be i'm going to be the best husband be the best friend I'm gonna be the best person to other people um i'm going to be passionate about what i'm about um like i said my, my my family is so important to me. Uh, my wife, I've got three girls and a boy. My two youngest are adopted. Um, so that's a big platform for me too, um, adoption. and uh, But, uh, man, this, this world, this is such a heavy topic, and I'm sorry that I'm taking so long on this answer. But there's like, a reason why
2: a, I don't give you a heads up on this question.
3: Well, there's, good. and <laughs> um, But I've had so much more clarity, especially over, the past year, like my business has been completely driven into the ground, but 2020 has been the best year of my life. Like literally the best year of my life. Um, so many things have happened that I just couldn't imagine a year and a half ago happening. Um, I've gotten to spend more time with my family and it just... My spirituality is on such a heightened level i'm I'm really big into we were talking about this earlier grounding um into um uh the law of attraction and, and all these different ways of like really being spiritual with everything around you and man do when you when you when you hit that that kind of level of spirituality like your whole mind just opens up to a universe you didn't really have any knowledge of before. And it's it's almost like being on a natural high of just living life and for every wind that blows through your hair and for every ray of sunlight that hits your skin and freaking every blade of grass that grows. Like, I'm telling you, like, it's just a different thing. And I just, I love it. I love life. I love it so much. And you can find that kind of love. I like it. You can find that kind of love for life. And when you do, you won't want to let that go.
2: So keep digging. Solid advice. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure to have you. Um, the new song, man. <laughs> honestly i'm like already yeah. about ready to download is it even about yet or no next week you said no i'm actually next hoping month.
3: that when i get off of this thing that i'll have a uh, like a
2: rough demo of it because that's perfect where, that's where i was at before i came here <laughs> was working on that song well i mean we can get nick to cut it real quick that's really easy you can do yeah. the acoustic but uh man I'm, I'm ready for it appreciate having you brother yeah, appreciate you guys um, absolute thank you. pleasure if you want to check him out uh the links are on the facebook follow him on facebook on the links below and also give them a follow on Instagram. You can find us and the show on Back to the Lodge at it at on Instagram. And then also check us out on iTunes, Apple Tunes, all the tunes and the Spotify's and the Podcast Wizard stuff. The so, book faces and the yeah, yeah book all face, it, twit yeah. face, all that good stuff. You're following us on Facebook, obviously, so that's where you find us. But until next week, as always, ask yourself what are you grateful for. Live from IC Tech Studios in West Tennessee. I'm Patrick.
1: I'm still Matt. I'm Nick. Scooter Brown.
2: And we were Back to the Lodge. We'll see you next week, guys. Take care.
1: Hey, everybody. Nick here from Back to the Lodge. If you like the show, if you like the content, don't forget to subscribe to us, follow us, leave a review. And, hey, if you want to see us and hear us live, you can go to our Facebook page, Back to the Lodge Podcast, and view us live each Wednesday night
0: from 6 to 7. But... Until next time, we'll see you when we head back to the lodge.